0: Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I have Jerry Brown-Rorabach on, and I'll bring her on in just a moment. You're going to love her. Um, First, if you have not gotten my 20-minute free meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure you go to mysticmanta.com and grab that journey and I would love to hear um, feedback on who you meet and what that connection is like. Also, my galactic retreat experience is coming up September 14th to the 17th here on the Big Island of Hawaii in Waikaloa. And the early bird pricing for this is going to end at the end of March. So if you're on the fence, whether you're local, I have a price for that, or whether you're flying in from... Outside of the island, I've got a price for that for all accommodations. And so take advantage of the early bird, which ends March 31st. And then if you're visiting and, um, you know, outside of that and you want to come do a UFO tour with me, come see the night sky in a whole new way. And I'll teach you how to identify moving objects in the sky. So that can be found on BigIslandUFOtours.com. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Miss Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Lisa. Let me share about you for our audience. Jerry Brown Waradock, PhD, CHT, has studied extensively the holistic world for over 25 years. She's a certified master alchemical hypnotherapist and certified life between life therapist plus numerous other modalities that she uses to heal and find her soul journey. For years, she has helped many heal and find their soul journey. From growing up on a chicken farm in Montana to traveling the world, immersing herself in different cultures and beliefs for both pleasure and to hold classes and private sessions, Jerry has taken the trauma and drama in her life to living an amazing life filled with adventure. She's taken the obstacles in her life and turned them into opportunities. After 50 years, you can still find Jerry standing behind the chair in her hair salon adjacent to her well-used healing room. From those surroundings, she authored her first book, The ABCs of Never Having Another Bad Hair Day. 26 short chapters could possibly change the way you look it at different issues and could change your beliefs that could change your life. Jerry moved on to author From Behind the Chair, A Soul Seeker's Journey to Freedom, She shares some of her life experiences of her soul journey and continues to show you that it is never too late to begin or continue your soul journey. This is a journey worth reading. And at 75 years old, Jerry is writing her third book, 75 Things I Learned in 75 Years. I love it, Jerry. You are an inspiration because, you know, some people, when they're when they reach that age that you are, they give up in life,
1: right? (laughs) A lot younger than me. I mean, being a hairstylist for over 50 years, I've I've watched it. And how people begin thinking they're old, saying they're old, and they become old. Yes. With no goals, no nothing. I mean, they're all afraid I'm going to retire. And I just think, If I had to sit and watch Netflix all day and have no goals, I mean, sorry, people that do it. I know you love it. But it would just be shoot me now. Yeah. And I'm working on the book, 75 Things I've Learned in 75 Years. On my computer, I was cleaning it off. And I found my fourth book, Almost Finished. And it's a workbook to the ABCs of never having another bad hair day. Okay. So I'm actually working on two books. And now that the pandemic and I can travel again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: going back to traveling the world doing this. Pre pandemic, I was in Greece, Norway, England, India, Africa, like every four or five months. And yeah. I love that life.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I actually, for the first time in three years, will be taking a trip to Peru at the end of June and yeah I'm like I'm one who normally takes two big trips a year so it's been really weird not to take the trips although now that I live in Hawaii um, it, I feel like I am on vacation <laughs> anyway so well let me get to the just the first question just so people can start understanding your journey of how you actually you know got to being the spiritual teacher and healer, um, in addition to, you know, hairdresser. So how, what kind of household did you grow up in spiritual, religious, something else? And how did that progress to you getting into the work?
1: Is <laughs> crazy a household. Um, yes, it, it was very chaos. My father was killed when I was eight and I had grown up on a chicken farm in Montana. Didn't remember a whole lot of that before I started doing all of this work. But after he died, of course, our whole life changed and we had to move to town. And that's when I began seeing but not realizing how crazy my mother was. And I mean, I'd come home from school. And if there was a U-Haul in front of our house, I knew we were moving. Wow. And then when I was 14, she took me out of this little town in Montana and dropped me in San Francisco. And I hated it. And I remember driving across the Bay Bridge in five o'clock traffic in the fog, thinking I hate this place and I'm going to be miserable.
0: Mm.
1: And it wasn't until a few years ago in, in doing a process in a session I realized what a great job I had done of making myself miserable and, and really blown my life. Mm. So that's why I think now I'm just kind of playing catch up and doing everything that I could have been doing back then.
0: Okay. That's an amazing realization. And that not only did you have it, you know, maybe recently, but that you really are shifting. Like you are really, you're growing. You're not dying.
1: No. In
0: this life. Yeah.
1: Although having a mother like that and moving like in the fifth grade, I think I went to five different schools in five different states. And it has allowed me to be able to travel. Like when I went to Peru, I went by myself. Mm -hmm. two weeks just wandered around Peru it was one of the most spiritual things I ever did but I can get on everybody says you're so lucky to travel when I started going to Greece I met this a psychic told me I had to go to Greece somebody was waiting for me so I went okay I don't know how you can find somebody that's waiting for you but I, I met her on the last island. I went for a massage, and there she was. And we have been literally joined at the hip since 2001. Her daughter's lived here, gone to college here, and then she went to college over in, uh, on the big island. And everybody says, you're so lucky. But how many people get on an airplane and go halfway across the world when they met this person for like two hours. Yeah. Did. So that part of having that kind of a life, I think has really been a benefit to getting me to just go, okay, let's go. Yes. Cause my mother used to say, we see the best country when we're lost. Mm. And I guess that kind of stuck with me.
0: Okay. Well, so When, where, I guess, when along the journey in these 75 years, did you get trained as a hypnotherapist and the Life Between
1: Life certification? As a a hypnotherapist, um, well, let's, how about if we start where I started my spiritual journey? Okay. Yes, please. I always hated God. I, I didn't want church, all of that, and I didn't know why. And in 93, I was going through a bad time. And it's the stories in my book. And I just ran in the bathroom, and I screamed, I hate my mother. And I sat there crying, thinking, where did that come from? And then I started hearing all these voices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then these voices started talking to each other and i thought i was going crazy and i found a a magazine that was on my desk and it happened to be called inner words and i looked through it and there was one phone number and i called her and she said you have to come see this man he'll change your life and i mean the whole story is in my book it was amazing i went and it did start changing my life in one session And then going to follow him, you know, I met this person that went to that and this person went to that. And I just became a workshop junkie. I was I was just so thirsty for it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then in 2001, after I'd gotten married in a session in a class, that teacher said she put me in part of a hypnotic state and she said when are you going to take your knowledge and start helping people and i said monday and she said okay what are you going to do monday and i said I'm going to sign up for hypnotherapy school and so i had to mm-hmm. didn't know how i was going to pay for it but one of my hair clients paid for it wow and Then I got to where when I was trying to make a decision, I would ask Spirit, if this is the right decision, give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And that night I went home and there was an email from the Michael Newton Institute saying he was going to start teaching and would I want to come? Well, yeah. (laughs) And I went to L.A. and went to school and couple years later i sorry a couple years later i um went to bedford england and did um assisted in one of his classes and i mean life just started going in miraculous ways amazing ways i mean things just fall in
0: yeah well so and Can you go into a little more detail about that? How did things start flowing for you?
1: Well, the trip to Greece, um, it's like you and I were talking, I I really need to come back to Kona. And whenever I say, I really need this, um, in New Year's Eve of 19, I just had a divorce. And my 20-year anniversary would have been on New Year's Day. And I knew I did not want to be home. And I was just, I can fly free. So I was just going to go out and get on an airplane and just spend 48, 24 hours in the air or in the airports. That's my happy place. <laughs> and one of my hair clients said, no, you're not. You're going to take our condo in Maui. You can have it for ten days, and you're going to go there, and that's what I did. I went to Maui for ten days. I mean, I was, I was broke. I was devastated. I was everything, and here I am, laying on the beach in Maui. It just, it just works.
0: Yeah, Lynn. And before we got on, you had mentioned that previous to that trip, that Maui had not really been your place. And so, I would love for you to share with the audience, like what you got, what you discovered in Maui and like why you needed that energy.
1: Well, I, I've known and understood that each one of the islands has their own energy. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard that Maui is the feminine energy, but it had never connected. And even if you look down at a map, it is the bust of a woman. And I'd never been called to Maui. I'd been there a couple of times, just really not a fan. <clears throat> and because of my divorce, my husband went to be a woman. Yeah. Okay. So that's a big like, change.
0: Like um, a big that's a big change, a big process. It is. Go. Yeah.
1: And in the years leading up to that part of me knew that i had blocked my feminine energy because of his Mm. so when this trip came up i sat down with spirit and i said okay you know maui's not my favorite so why are you sending me there come on couldn't you pick a different island and they told me that i needed to regain my feminine energy, and that that would be the place to do it. So I went to Maui, and my book from behind the chair came back from editing while I was on the plane over there. And I spent 10 days laying on the grass, walking on the beach, um, laying in the sun, and just consciously calling in all of the feminine energy of the island and in that 10 days i lost like 10 pounds Mm -hmm. and i came back a totally different person beautiful yeah
0: yeah yeah um so (laughs) I mean,
1: Go from there, right?
0: Yeah, I'm just like, because you're right. Each island here does have a very different energy, and so I mean, I know that the Big Island is one of your favorite places, and that's where I am. And it's like the energy you can feel, right?
1: I can feel it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: love to just stand barefoot and just literally feel. The vibration of the island underneath my feet i mean you can't feel it
0: yeah you really can't and so um you know part of the show is about really that connection like you're saying the spirit and to the energies and so really tapping in so have you always been really connected to feeling that energy not at all or was it only when you started the spiritual journey
1: it was when i started my spiritual journey that I think I could ever remember even thinking about my life or what I was going to do or what was next or what was going to be. I mean, I just, I just did it. it. It didn't always work out. Well, of course, it kind of never worked out. But um, it was, yeah, thinking about my life, going back and discovering what made me do the things I did that I didn't know and like I had a whole group of ladies in the salon that were all Catholic and I mean for years they beat me down they were gonna get me to go to church and be a nice Catholic lady like them and I mean it was like no and when I started doing all of this and finding out what it was that was so deep inside of me it was my uncle had molested me starting when I was three and he was a Bible salesman. Mm. So, and he used to preach this, you know, this whole God thing. And we had pictures of God all over our house that he gave us. And I mean, it was just like, no. And then when my father died, he was the one that told me, that my dad died because God wanted him. And I can remember thinking, well, screw that. I mean, how can God need my father more than me?
0: Mm.
1: So then it took, it took years to, um, kind of reconsider all of that and come full circle. I still don't go to church, Um, religion isn't in it. I think spirituality and being a good person and helping others is where it's at for me.
0: Yeah. Well, so with that kind of abuse and trauma, how have you been able to heal yourself from that? Because I know that some of the clients that come to you come to you for that kind of thing as well, right?
1: I get a lot of clients that have been molested um, in abusive relationships also I lost a set of twin girls when I was 17 Mm -hmm. so I get a lot of women that have lost babies and how you heal yourself it's a very gradual thing it usually just doesn't boom happen and that's one issue when people start into the spiritual work and they see us and we look like we've got it all together and like nothing could have ever happened to us because we're at peace. Yeah. And that's one reason I wrote from behind the chair is to show people that it doesn't happen, but you have to do the work as you go along Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in a session. I mean, if they say, I gotta go stack babies in the backyard. I gotta go stack those babies somehow, because if you don't do the work, the result is not going to be there. Yeah.
0: So, in your own life, did that trauma? Did it ever cause any kind of like illness in your body? Yes. Hang on to it. Okay.
1: I had a hysterectomy when I was twenty-six. And, you know, at that point, especially back then, I mean, God, now that's been 50 years ago. Wow. Um, You know, they they didn't know anything about it. But I have found in my practice that the majority of the women that have been molested um, young have always had some type of female problems Mm -hmm. or breast cancer, um, and it's because we shut off the energy to that part of our body because it's traumatized. And even have after having the hysterectomy, the energy is still there even though the organ is gone. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it took a long time. I mean, that's why I always thought I loved men. But I found out I really hated him. And that's why I went through men. It's it's in my book. I was married four times before I was 29. Okay. Because, um, yeah, I, I guess I was looking, one, to fill the void of the emptiness of my father and the father image. And I thought men would do that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and trying to fill this other part of me that was empty from being molested because then my brother-in-law molested me from when I was eight. So it was a double whammy. Yeah. And um, I think, I think I'm pretty much at peace with all of it now.
0: So has the work that you have done with the life between lives helped you understand what all of that was about?
1: Yes. And one reason is because a life between life session, we go back through this life to when you were in the womb to a past life, to the death scene of that life and then to the between life and in the between life hopefully, um, is where you were before you came into this life. So we can find out why you set up this life the way you did, what the purpose was, what you need to Mm -hmm. heal and do. But also, I mean, even like with my ex-husband, people say, how can you still be friends with him? And how can you do this? And how, you know. And it's because in a session i have seen him as soul yeah so it takes away the all the dirt and grime from this life and he's just this soul and me a soul and I, I realize that in this life he has his journey mm mm-hmm. And I don't want to stop that, that any more than I want to, him to stop mine. Yeah. And when you see each other as soul. And it's so peaceful. That you can resolve so many issues with a person. That. You feel did you wrong. Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it helped. A whole lot. A whole lot.
0: Yeah. So in those questions, do people, so, because what I understand, you know, we choose our parents, we choose the people that we're going to partner with, be friends with, like be coworkers with, like all of it. We're planning out making contracts um, for different experiences. And so for you, what has been your biggest aha for yourself that you've understood about These, I mean, being abused by two different people in your childhood and then your husband's and like all and your mother.
1: Well, in my very first life between life session, when I was in the womb. Was totally life changing because that was the first time that I ever felt she loved me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or wanted me. And I'm not really sure where I got that she didn't.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, we pick up stuff. You know, everybody thinks that when they go into a session and something, an issue out here, that it's gotta be something traumatic that happened as a child. And that's not necessarily so. I mean, we um, were born in this woman you know, takes us and wraps us up, keeps us warm, feeds us, take care of it. And we we think they're our God. And they are because they've done everything. And then we start walking and we touch something and they walk up and they slap our hand or tell us no. And that is usually like the first sign of I can't have what I want. This woman's mean. And they slap us and tell us they love us. So we associate that with love. And it's it's at that age, early age, that we don't have the mind to figure it all out. Even um, when I was 16 and started driving, I started having car accidents. And... One, they revived me alongside the highway down on Interstate 80, and I didn't know at the time that that was a near-death experience, because hmm. my dad came to me, and the okay. whole story is in the book. Um, Where was I going with all that? Oh, and so all of these car wrecks, and I almost died in three of them, but that was The most traumatic one. And in my very first hypnotherapy session that was done on me, and I didn't even know what it was, it was in the first weekend class that I ever went to. This teacher said, Why do you want to die in a car wreck? And I said, I don't. And she said, Honey, if you didn't, you wouldn't be having them. And she took me over in the corner in this room there was 53 other people doing their thing in the room. And she took me back to where I decided I wanted to die in a car wreck. Mm -hmm. And it was the week that my dad was killed and this uncle that was molesting me took me to see my dad's car. And I, I see this, his car, part of his shirt, blood on the steering wheel. And she lets me tell her all about it. And then she said, what decision did you make? The decision that eight-year-old made was the only way I could ever see my dad or be with my dad would be to die in a car wreck like he did. Wow. So your subconscious goes to work making that happen. Yeah. And then she said, would you like to make an adult decision different from that and I said oh yeah I don't want to die in a car wreck they're expensive they hurt you know I mean on and on and on and since that day October 24th of 94 I have never had a car wreck wow
0: so I mean that is a beautiful story of how the subconscious like we don't we may not even be aware in fact most of the time we're not aware of what's going on in the background there right?
1: We make huge decisions in the womb mm-hmm. about our parents, our environment, our siblings. That, I mean, we don't have any conscious dis- decision of that. And my first teacher, what he used to say is we live our life, we would rather be right than happy. So we live our life making these decisions right, even though we're not happy. I mean, yeah. it's crazy, but we yeah. don't.
0: Well, so, okay, so now if someone's coming to you, how do you know whether hypnotherapy or the life between lives is the right thing for them or is it a combination?
1: If hypnotherapy or life between life is right for them?
0: Yeah. like, or like In terms of if someone's coming to you with an issue, do you know right away which of the modalities or do you combine the modalities to help them?
1: Well, a life-between-life session is hypnotherapy. Okay. We use hypnotherapy to get there. Yeah. Depending on their prior experience, um, it used to be that we had to do a two-hour session before we did a life-between-life session. But when I traveled, I didn't have time to do that. So I found that just doing a life-between-life session, mm-hmm. they're going to get... 10 times more information than a two-hour session. And a lot of people that need the help don't have the money to pay for both. So it helps that way. And um, then after, if they find something in a life between life sessions that they want to investigate more, Mm -hmm. then we can do two-hour sessions and find out what it is.
0: Okay. So can you give some examples of some of the things your clients may have come for and how you were able to help them?
1: One of the most dynamic ones was this man came to me and he was 65, retired for five years. And he wanted to know his purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, so we, We did this session and and, in talking to him before, this man had lived all over the world, worked all over the world, been presidents and CEOs of many big companies. And I'm thinking, you must have lived your purpose already, right? (laughs) And we get into this session. And pretty soon he says, I see a hurricane. And I said, okay, what is that hurricane? And he said, that's the corporate world. Hmm. And he goes, and there's a white light sitting on the top of it. And I said, what's that white light? And he goes, that's me. And I said, so what does that white light have to do? And he said, it has to jump in the hurricane to live its purpose. And he told me what the purpose was. And it's amazing. Um, but I haven't asked him if I could share it so I can't. And so we went on and talked more about all of this. And then I said, where's the white light now? And he said, it jumped. It's in it. And what he didn't want to lose was his contentment of being retired. And mm-hmm. doing all of this and jumping back into it. And leading up to that session, I just had this feeling that there was something in that. In him or his session that I needed. So we, we did all of that session and he jumped back in. And when he got ready to leave, I said... I want you to stay in contact with me. Because I want to see how this unravels.
0: Yeah.
1: And he goes. You'll be reading about it. And I went. Okay. (laughs) And I've talked to him once. And yes he's deep in it. So I'm waiting for it to all come out. But when he left. And I came in here. And I sat and I thought. What did I miss? What was it that. I needed to see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't want to lose his contentment. I hadn't been moving ahead because I was afraid to disturb this peace that I have found. Mm.
0: <clears throat> so you thought moving ahead would disturb the peace?
1: Yeah, any movement. would. Any, might, any okay. movement might disturb this peace. So it took a few nights of journaling and contemplating. And I thought, you know, I just told this man that he could keep his contentment and jump back in so I can keep my peace and jump back in. And then I went to Greece in October and sitting in a cave, they told me everything I needed to do. And I came home and I've just been this whirlwind I mean, I've gone through my whole house and cleaned out my house, my shed, my shop, painted rooms, remodeled my bathroom, started on my book, um, promoting myself and just like in that hurricane.
0: Yeah. And have you maintained your peace? I still have that peace. Yeah. Funny how that works. (laughs) Beautiful. So any other examples that you could share? Beautiful story. And it just shows the power of this kind of work of, you know, especially I have a lot of older clients like you probably do. And, you know, they have had careers and they, some of them are starting brand new businesses in their sixties and even their seventies. And it's beautiful because again, like they're, they're realizing like I can live, I can keep moving and um so, yeah, it's, it's amazing helping find people find that purpose or help them understand what their purpose is.
1: Yes, and how spirit works is so amazing. And two years ago, my sister and I was supposed to go on the cruise from San Francisco to Hawaii and around. And because of the pandemic, it got canceled a week before. And I thought, okay, I've got 10 days off, 12 days off work. Nobody knows I'm home. Nobody's going to know I'm home. And I started making this whole to-do list of things that I was going to do. The first morning, the phone started ringing. And in that 10 days, I ended up doing like, I think, 12 or 14 sessions. Just boom, 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 boom. And I just finished this one session and my phone rang and I picked it up and it was this woman that was contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. And I had to eat. I had to go to the bathroom. So I said, "Okay, I'm going to give you a half hour and this is what I want you to do. Because I wanted to keep her busy in that half hour. Yeah, because I knew she was listening And then I said, I'll I'll call you back and we'll do a session. I just did a two hour session on her. And the next morning I get this email and she says, I cannot believe how I feel. I'm going to work. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. And I think we did one more two hour session within a week or so. And now she's studying to be a Reiki master. She's. (laughs) traveling with her boyfriend who she had originally told to get out <clears throat> and her son and her are closer than they've ever been and she's got a promotion at work and it's it's amazing when when you do the work that they tell you you need to do and yeah. move yeah
0: yeah
1: it's i mean there's if there, if there's one thing I wished I would have done when I started doing well hair, is writing down all the stories I heard, hmm. because when I started, and even like 40 years ago, you know, most of my clientele lived through World War II. Just those stories could have filled a book. Yeah. And then if I would have kept track of everybody. But I mean, you know that you can't keep track of all of your clients because there's just not enough time to, to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Because the. And of course, I have the ones that I do these great sessions and, you know, they write to me once and say they're doing fine and they're going to do this and then they're off doing their life and I never hear from them again. But I love hearing from all my clients after.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Well, so, you know, so, okay. So your book that you're working on now, the 75 things I've learned in my 75 years. <laughs> so can you give a few examples of some of the wisdom that you're sharing in this, uh, this new book?
1: Well, yeah, just last night I gave a speech cause I went back to Toastmasters and so I had to g- give a speech and it was on, that book. And I said that it almost feels like everything I learned, I've learned in the last three and a half years since the divorce. Hmm. I knew the information, but until I lived it and had to use it, yeah. that's when it got really cemented in. And one of the big things is living in the now I'd heard that you know, for years, the book, Power of Now, I never read it because I didn't understand it. And one day, it was the summer after he left, and I was walking in that door and I heard you are so lucky. And I came here to my desk and I sat down and I was crying and I said, how can you say I'm so lucky? My life has fallen apart. Everything I thought I knew was a lie. And you're telling me I'm I'm lucky. And they said, so what are you lucky for? And I grabbed a piece of paper and it was like shit. And I started writing all of these things that I was thankful for. Mm -hmm. And instantly felt better. And then they said, heal the past plan for the future and live in the now with gratitude. Pretty simple. Yeah. Well,
0: it's simple except for, you know, I think it's harder for a lot of people to do, <laughs>
1: to take that advice. Oh, right. And, there, and there's days that, you know, there there's days that it's hard for me to do that, mm-hmm. even though I know it's simple. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I mean, it. it's a very simple concept. Let's put it that way. And we have to do whatever we have to do to be able to do that all day. And um, the other thing is thought control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I first started this, um, my first teacher, he used to have all of us call each other on every negative thing we said, even if it was a joke. Well, after a week into that, I mean, you're afraid to say anything because you really find out how negative you are. I mean, we live in a negative society. I mean, with the news and everything. So I came up with this term thought control. And and when we begin, it's a it's a 24-hour-a-day job almost dissecting every thought we have is, is that positive? Is that going to get me to where I want to go? Is that against someone or is it for me? It's, but this thought control and really realizing what we think, because what we think creates our reality, maybe not right now, down the road. I mean, just like the day driving across the Bay bridge, I hate it here. And I'm going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's, that's two of the, the big points and um, there will be 75 things. And
0: okay. Well, and so do you have an estimated time of the release of that book?
1: They said that it has to be out this year. So I'm taking it that it has to be launched before my 76th birthday which is in December. So um I'm shooting for like September again. Okay. That's when I launched my other book.
0: Yeah.
1: And when I came back because they 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 told us in that cave in Greece, Marina was channeling and she said, we know you've forgotten about your third book, but we have it. And it has to be written now. And so on the plane home, I sat there and I said, okay, guys, if you want this book written, come on, you got to tell me what's in it because I'm in a loss here. Yeah. And the third night home, I had a dream and they outlined the whole book for me. How
0: beautiful is that?
1: That's beautiful. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. What is the topic of that one then?
1: That's the 75 things I've learned in 75 years.
0: Okay, okay. And then you mentioned that you found content for your fourth book.
1: I did, and I haven't even looked to see when I started it, Okay. but it's it's a workbook that goes with the ABC book, okay. which is just 26 short chapters. When I wrote it, I wrote it to be in like the waiting rooms of a um, beauty salon. Mm-hmm. So anybody that picks it up will open it to what they need. And it's like um, A is for appointments and B is for bosses and C is communication. And M is for money. And it's different ways to go inside and see how you really feel about all of this.
0: Hmm.
1: So it's going to be a workbook of questions on each 26 chapters to get people to go inside and investigate how they feel about pampering themselves, which is a big thing, loving themselves. And um, I mean, I have women that sit in my styling chair with their eyes closed because they don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and in, I think in both books, I have one of, one of the easiest ways to find out how you feel about yourself is in the morning, no makeup, hair's a mess, go to the mirror and look in those eyes, looking back and say, I love you. And a lot of people can't do that.
0: It's beautiful advice. And I know that, I mean, 50 years behind a hairdressing chair, you have seen it and heard it all <laughs> from your clients and traveling the world. And so what have, what's been your greatest lesson learned from traveling, world traveling? That's one of my passions too.
1: One of the biggest things is how similar we all are all of us. I mean, when, when I go to Greece, that's like, they call it the melting pot of people all over the world. So there I have clients from literally all over Mm -hmm. and we're all the same. We all have the same issues. We all have, we're just the same.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, you, you are flying over Europe and you start coming down and you know you're going over Germany and France and Italy and into Greece and you can't tell where the borders are you can't tell that there's different people it's, it's all the same and how you know just an example how the Italians can hate the Germans and the Germans can hate the Irish and the Irish can hate it, it's so bizarre yeah, Because we're all the same.
0: We are. And I think if more people traveled the world the way that we have, they would understand that. And I mean, that is one of the things that um, my Arcturians are constantly sharing is, you know, we are all one. We are all connected. We are. And so you know, it, it's time to get out of the judgment.
1: It yeah. is. and And you know, politics I don't I don't even let it be discussed in the salon anymore but when people come in and they're complaining about our government they're complaining about our governor they're complaining about the prices and the price of gas and the price of this you know and I want to get out of California because of this and this I said where are you going to go it's the same everywhere especially after the pandemic Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my closest friends is in Canada. They're paying over $5 for a head of lettuce. I went to Greece. They're paying, I don't remember what we figured it out, but it was like $12 or $15 equal to our gallon of gas. Wow. And it, it's all over. I mean, the pandemic messed a lot of stuff up, and it's going to take a long time to even get back to some kind of what it was. It's never going to go back, but somehow it's got to come to an equal. Yeah. We're we're all the same. So quit complaining. And what I tell my customers is if you're not out there doing something to change what you're complaining about, you can't complain about it. You can't. And they come in and they complain about, it's cold and it's raining. And I say, didn't you complain about it being hot last summer? Oh, my God, it was so horrible. I said, well, you got to pick one. You can't you can't complain about both of them. So you can complain now or you can wait until summer and complain then. But I don't want to hear both of them.
0: Yeah. That's, um, I, I don't know if I could do that. Be behind a chair like that with those kind of clients. <laughs> all the time. So I commend you. And I love the wisdom that you're bringing and, you know, sharing with them, you know,
1: years years ago, (laughs) I really thought that they were put in my life to torment me. I mean, I really did. And then in a session in hypnotherapy school, I found out that they all have a gift for me. And it was up to me to find the gift. And at first I came back and it's like, okay, what have you got for me? But I really had to be with the energy of each person and find out what that gift was and what they were there to offer me. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, I don't have one client that bugs me anymore because Either I've changed, they've changed, or they've left. Got it. And the ones that come in fit my vibration of where I am now.
0: Yes. Beautiful. And I'm sure as you've um, done the deep dive spiritual work, you have seen that shift dramatically,
1: oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, when people say, how can you be still be doing this, you know? Because most hairdressers have wrist problems, arms, shoulder problems, leg problems, everything. And I say because I have my chiropractor, I have my massages, and I have my spiritual work. And the three of them keep me going. Yeah. Beautiful. And I've I've really beat myself up the last month or so because I didn't start working out like in August so I could ski this year Mm -hmm. because I didn't ski during the pandemic. And then last year there wasn't any snow. And so this year I just thought, oh, there won't be any snow. Well, now we got like, I think 47 feet of it. Yeah. And I can't go because I haven't built up my legs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the work that you do. can people do it distance? Like, do you do it over Zoom or over the phone? Or
1: I do do it online now. I've bought it for years because ones in Europe wanted it, and I said, no, no. I mean, I had all my blocks up. But during the pandemic, um, I kind of had to. Yeah. And now, I love it. And it's opened up opportunities, not only for me, but for so many clients that I would have never been able to connect with. Yeah. And, and it it works like a dream. So
0: how do people find you? How if they want to work with you, how can they find you?
1: How can they find me? Yep. Um, my website is jerrybrownroarback.com. I'm on Facebook at jerrybrownroarback and Also, Jerry Brown, Rohrabach, PhD, CHT. Or they can email me at powrnu at gmail.com. They can contact you. They can.
0: Okay.
1: Those are the main ways to do it. And we'll make
0: sure that you're... uh your contact is in the show notes for YouTube and the podcast, so.
1: That would, be, that would be great.
0: Yes. And,
1: and I do really want to come learn about what you teach. I, I Being connected to you somehow, and you are like a mentor because I kind of watched you move and create what you wanted
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I just admire that so much when people do what they want to do. And we can always have more spiritual help. I don't know if you call them spiritual beings.
0: They are actually. They are. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, I have my angels and my guides and one thing that we really strive for in a life between life session is that you meet your main guide or guides that you can connect with that really pull vault you ahead if you listen to them. Yeah. And I, I I want more help too. And I think they will help. But we when we learn these guides and we learn how to know that it's them talking to us
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we have to do what they say. And... In 2018, I had a, a little bowl on my desk that at night, before I went to bed, I took all my jewelry off and threw it in there. And on Friday night, I heard, put your jewelry away.
0: Hmm.
1: And I went, okay, I, I will, because it was getting big. You know, I'd wear something different. And, throw, and I said, okay, over the weekend, I will. And Saturday night, when I did my book work, I had money in my drawer and my girlfriend in Greece, her daughter was living here. So I had a few thousand dollars that she had sent that was in the drawer. And they said, put that money in the bank. Hmm. And I said, "Okay, Monday, I will. I'll do it. Sunday night in the middle of the night while we were sleeping, someone broke into our house and took it all. Wow. You think I didn't beat me up for a long time?
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard lesson, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we have to do what they say when they say it, whether we're tired or we feel like it, or we can logic it away or, or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting um, you talking about that because the recent galactic sessions that I'm leading, you know, they were, t- my guides were telling me like, you just, you need to trust us. We, we have it. You just have to like get it set up and we'll, we're we doing the teaching. We're, we're the ones giving the messages. You don't even have to figure it out because we're here to do it. And, you know, having that kind of trust um, especially for me, it's taken years for me to trust that part. <laughs> and and the last couple of weeks have been, I think, some of the most powerful work I've ever done. Because I've let go and trust.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Even when I was writing from behind the chair and I'd go, what am I supposed to write about? I mean because I'd lived all this stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it just either felt pretty insignificant or too much to write. Yeah. And they would say, write what we tell you. And then I'd sit down at my computer, get in that zone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then read these pages after and go, where'd that come from? Right. Even the last chapter of the book, And I had already gotten the advanced reader's copy and sent it to my girlfriend in Greece. So it had gone through editing, page layout, the spine was done, everything was done. And she woke me up in the middle of the night and she said, you have to add another chapter. She said that the book has to end on a different note than what chapter 28 does. And I thought that that can't happen. Yeah. And then I tried to go back to sleep. That didn't happen. <laughs> so I got up, I came downstairs and I wrote chapter 29 in the middle of the night, sent it off to my publisher. Mm-hmm. And I said, this has to go in the book. And I woke up in the morning to this email. What? <laughs> Don't you realize? Mm-hmm. And I said, I know it. it it has to go mm-hmm. and she said okay it's going to cost you more money i said okay yeah and by the end of that night it was ready for me to okay and it was done and ready to go in
0: beautiful
1: and, it, and it's a great chapter
0: yeah well and i i encourage everyone to get that book because it is very powerful your story is such an inspiration For people who have gone through hard stuff in their life. Yeah. So from behind the chair.
1: This picture and the green picture that you had on the advertising for this Mm -hmm. is on that beach in Maui. Okay. On that week that I was there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Well, Jerry, our time is up, but I want to thank you so much for being here with me and sharing your great wisdom. And I can't wait for the new book to come out. (laughs) can't either. (laughs) I hope they hurry. Yeah. Yes. So, and I love that you listen and you, like, you just trust, okay, they're going to tell me what to do and they do. And that's actually, I have another book coming out and a new Oracle deck coming out this year. And I, like, I'm not coming up with it in my mind. It's just, they're telling me (laughs) just like you. (laughs) What to do. So I know.
1: Well, we really do need to get together. Yes. Maybe. An or What I just got is an Oracle deck on the 75 things.
0: Ooh. Yes. I got a yes on that.
1: Yeah, I gotta meet your people. Okay. <laughs> I will really try and be on it tomorrow night. Um but yes. Okay. And and we'll we'll connect again. This we was great.
0: Thank you so much. And for all of you watching or listening, thank you so much for your time and I'll see you next time. Aloha.